Hello, everybody, and welcome to Slasher, a delusional look into all things spooky, kooky, and terrifying. I'm Stormy. And I'm Adrian. And we are in our final week of Alien April, Adrian. Wow. Wow. Three A's. <laughs> I mean, it really is our final week. We, I'm proud of us. I mean, we did so well this month, I would say. And honestly, if this episode bombs, you guys out there are to blame because y'all straight up voted the shit out of the water. You wanted to talk about aliens, so here we are. And I think it's great. I'm really excited to talk about this movie. I'm sure we'll get into it a little bit later, but I mean, obsessed. At least I'm obsessed with her. Um, yeah, I... <laughs> It's more than I was expecting. So that's good. It, it exceeded my expectations, especially for a film in 79. So we're here. We're queer. Right. You're right. But I'm either way, so excited. We've done so well this month for ourselves. So I'm very excited. I kind of want to talk about World of the Worlds, but whatever. So I'm so excited <laughs> against <laughs> Next time we have an alien month. Because honestly, I've been having like my mind go wild about like doing another alien month sometime soon. Right. So we'll see what happens. Let's go ahead and go over what's been spooking you first. So, I mean, we both watched Mortal Kombat and I mean, straight up the bat, obviously it's not a horror movie and you know, Mortal Kombat in itself really isn't probably even horror adjacent, but you know what? Growing up, Mortal Kombat was something that was so into the blood, the gore, the guts in itself, which just feel very horrific in a way. And I mean, the video game series also is very heavy handed with their horror references. I mean, even the game itself has like Freddy, Jason, Alien, Predator. They have horror characters in the game. So we both watched Mortal Kombat and we're going to talk about it. Uh, so how did you like the movie? Um, I feel like I spent the entire movie being set up for the next movie instead of focusing on the now and the characters now. I'm also very pissed that there's no Katana. Spoiler <laughs> there. Um, and then, like, we killed off the chance of, like, one of Katana's, like, biggest rivals in this movie. And, I mean, I understand that she's... Honestly, you know what? If you're listening to me, spoiler alert. But, like, Melina's a clone. So, like, we can obviously get more Melina later. But just... You're really going to do that right off the bat? Good fight scenes, just oh, yeah. the plot. She's lacking, girl. She's lackluster. Yes. And I'm like, and it was fun. Like the fight scenes were fun. The fatalities that they put in there were amazing. Like I was screaming every time anything happened. <laughs> but like, yeah, the plot itself, and I tweeted about it, it, it just painstakingly like weak. It's awful. Like the dialogue's bad. The story's bad. And I mean, you go into Mortal Kombat expecting them to go into like the Mortal Kombat tournament. And this is like a prequel to that. Which is perfectly fine. Like, I don't mind it. But, like, the story itself then could have been a lot more story-heavy, perhaps. Like, they could have done just so much more. I understand, like, with Mortal Kombat and, like, the story, you know, even, like, from the video game itself. Like, there's so much to it. So, it's kind of, like, they just could have done so much more. And, like you said, a lot of the characters were completely just wasted in this movie. The villains, obviously, specifically, were just completely wasted in this movie. And... I mean, it is Mortal Kombat. I mean, people are coming back from the dead constantly in those video games. So I'm sure we'll see some of these people who were murdered in this movie come back eventually. But like at the same time, it's just like, 
it just didn't really do anything for me. And I was like waiting for us to go to Outworld the entire time, but we were just in Earthrealm the entire time. And like all the fights, even if they were great, were just like in the most boring set pieces and like the most boring locations. And like, it just didn't do anything for me. So I really hope that, I mean, it's still fun. Obviously it's still enjoyable. I probably won't rewatch it anytime soon, but I'm still rooting for, you know, a future move or future movies and just for it to continue. Cause I hope that they can just kind of build off of this. Like, I mean, like you said, it was kind of preparing us for the next movie. So if this is going to be just like the one minor flaw in hopefully a fantastic series of movies, then I'm perfectly okay with it because it did its job, I suppose, of like setting up the characters and like what we can expect moving forward. But the only other thing I watched this week was Death Becomes Her. And I won't get too much into that because I will be discussing that on another podcast uh, in the near future. So I will just say it's one of my favorite movies of all time. <laughs> uh, I was just going to say, I started the History Channel um, documentary series of The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch. What? And yeah, it's on Hulu. Um, I mean, if you don't have cable. I Skinwalkers, the idea of them, the lore behind them scared the fuck out of me. So I'm here. I was here for it. I got sucked in. Um, History Channel is a dangerous place for me because I will get sick into almost anything. I'm very gullible. So, <laughs> ooh, okay, and it's on Hulu. Yes, I'm gonna check it out because I, again, like you said, Skinwalkers are so terrifying. Like that, the lore is so scary. We should talk about them. Let's do it. You know, slasher talks. <laughs> <laughs> right. Trying to turn that into a thing. Chilling and killing. <laughs> um. But yeah, so I have to check that out because, yeah, Skinwalkers freak me the fuck out. Uh, But let's just jump into This Week in Horror. So a few things happened this week. We finally got the long-awaited trailer for The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. Now, I know you're not the biggest fan of The Conjuring series altogether, but what did you think of the trailer? Um, You know what? I'm here for it. It might just make me rewatch all of the Conjuring movies so I can feel like I'm caught up. I'm (laughs) ready to go. Um, Honestly, I grew up with a fucking waterbed in my house. And that waterbed scene, honey, no ma'am, no (laughs) ma'am. So It looks good. I think it looks fantastic. The line that they say they're like, We've accepted that God is a thing for so long, and now it's about time that we accept that the devil's real too. And I was all, <gasps> like, I don't know why. I was like, mm, I like that. Wow, poetry. Wow. It looks great to me, though. I enjoyed it, of course, tremendously. I am a big fan of the Conjuring movies. I don't care for the Conjuring universe, but I like those the first two movies in the Conjuring trilogy, at least, that we're getting. So I'm... Ooh, fucking hyped. I'm so hyped for this movie. I have like, I don't know, I'm just so excited. And I mean, it's expected, obviously, to come out around the time that you're going to be visiting Stormy. So maybe you should bam, bam, get bam, 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 bam. <laughs> into the rewatching mood so you can go watch it together. Because I'm perfectly fine with that being my first movie that I see in theaters. I'm already yes. planning on going <laughs> to watching it in uh, right. IMAX. I'm planning on it because I'll be fully vaxxed uh, probably for over a month by that point. So uh, that was my I plan. My initial plan was to be going to that movie. Okay. Wait for me, I guess. But it looks amazing. We're super excited about it. 
But the only other news topic that we have, uh, so apparently Lionsgate is currently developing a television adaption for American Psycho. And in an exclusive interview that they did as well, they all, with Bloody Disgusting, of course, they also teased the possibility of developing a Saw series as well. Uh, so first and foremost, really excited about the American Psycho television series as well. Patrick Bateman, you know, is a complete, obviously, psycho. So if we can, you know, get a sexy... <laughs> a sexy man into the role i'm all about it but i mean obviously stormy a soft series how would we how do we react to this the people can't see me but my brows are a wiggling <laughs> <laughs> i'm excited um i mean i know deep down i'm obviously not gonna get daddy john not my regular kramer but you know what Hopefully we get like a backstory and we get to delve into it. And, and we do get some in the later films than uh, later than the ones that we've discussed. But like, I want Saw from the beginning or, you know what? Maybe let's just wipe it clean. I don't know. I feel like there's so many different places, different ways that it, they could go. Um, and Saw is, it's slowly become like, I don't want to say campy, but like kind of. It's, kind of it, it gets like cheesier as they go on mainly because they're trying to outdo the last one yeah so i feel like it could be fun to like embrace that campy vibe and see what we can do with it i don't know there's a lot of ways we could go i think it kind of probably is going to come down to how spiral does and i feel mm-hmm. like whatever direction they're trying to take the series in with spiral is probably what they're going to piggyback off of if right. they do look into like a series um because depending on you know who the killer ends up being in this movie or like whatever happens they're probably going to be looking to try to build up off of that especially in like today's modern like landscape i mean obviously like with marvel and just like their universe as well because i mean the saw universe is very extensive uh it's like one of the like most financially successful and like longest running like horror series like out there at the moment so i mean it's it's a huge property and like like with Marvel and stuff, like when they've now have been transitioning, like their special TV shows and stuff, like on Disney and whatnot. Like it, it makes sense that these big franchises are also going to be capitalizing on television series and shows. Right. Like with Chucky, also, you know, we're getting the Chucky TV series as well. Um, but either way, I'm excited. I'm really, really, really hoping Spiral is like fantastic. So then that way we can continue to get more Saw because I'm barely dipping my toe into the world of Saw and I've been enjoying it thus far. So, I mean, the more the merrier, I say. Right. I just want to say Spiral really said a cab in their preview, and I'm interested to see how that goes. <laughs> John Kramer in general is a cab for life. Really? He kills at least one cop in every movie, I feel like. But he really said a cab with this new doll. So he is, I don't know, an icon, a horror icon, a legend. A <laughs> Daddy legend John is... <laughs> coming in. Yes. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much everything. <laughs> is there anything else, Stormy, in this week that you've been looking at? You know what? No. <laughs> but yeah obviously this week everybody we're going to be talking 1979's alien a literal classic and i'm really excited if we had an ad this is where we would be so hold on to your panties we'll be right back hey everybody so if you're enjoying the podcast so far definitely look into giving us a rating it would be really really beneficial we're open to ideas and feedback it really goes a long way so go ahead and look into giving us a rating again we're on apple spotify podbean and many more places but for now let's go ahead and get back to the show
Alrighty, guys, welcome back. Alien is a 1979 sci-fi horror film that took the world by storm and quickly cemented itself as a classic amongst moviegoers. The film follows an Nostromo crew as they investigate a captured distress signal. Little do they know that they're falling right into the lap of a very deadly creature, one that isn't from their world. Originally released on June 22nd, 1979, the movie is widely considered a horror classic. Taking the formula of what would later become the traditional slasher film, Alien set the precedence moving forward of what a horror film in space could be. Made on an estimated budget of about $11 million, the movie would go on to make about $3.5 million its opening weekend. From there, it would then see a worldwide gross of about $106 million. Of course, the movie was directed by the outstanding Ridley Scott. Alongside him was the standout of the film, Beyond the Xenomorph, uh, Sigourney Weaver, who stars as Ellen Ripley. The rest of the cast consists of Tom Skirit as Dallas, Veronica Cartwright as Lambert, Yafet Koto as Parker, Harry Dean Stanton as Brett, John Hurt as Kane, and Ian Holm as Ash. So, Alien, um, is this the oldest movie that we've discussed on the podcast so far? I was thinking the same thing whenever we were recording. I think so, unless Black Christmas is older. Oh, yeah, you're correct. Black Christmas is older. It came out in 74. So the second oldest movie. <laughs> I mean, Alien, it's a big movie to talk about. It really is, just because so many people are utterly obsessed with this film. For good reason, I would say. But, I mean, overall, I mean, how do we feel? It uh, surpassed my expectations, because this is the first watch for me. What? You've never seen Alien before? No, I've watched like the older ones, but I've never watched the original. What? So you've seen like Aliens and like the sequel and everything? Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I've never seen the original. So she's cute. Um, Like I said, surpassed all of my expectations. I wasn't expecting much considering it's 79. We're working with what we have as far as like sets and CGI and whatever technology we have. But I'm kind of living for it. I'm kind of living for the aesthetic, honestly. Um, it's very, it's very grunge, like muted orange and cream, like very 70s, even like the shapes. I'm kind of vibing. I can't believe that you've never seen it before. I had no idea that you've never seen the original Alien, which right. is so crazy to me. Um, because um I mentioned it in my slasher talks episode with Ree. Uh, that like when I think of Alien or if I think of like the first Alien movie that I've ever seen it's this movie like I remember seeing this movie at such a young age like this one and Aliens both like I remember just being fed them constantly as a kid so like it was just a part of my upbringing like I'm completely obsessed with this movie I've always been obsessed with it obviously Ripley has always been like somebody who I have like loved and looked up to for like my entire life so that's so crazy that you've never seen it well I'm glad you know welcome to the club welcome to you know uh you know those who have seen Alien Club I suppose but (laughs) Sasha really stays popping my cherries truly truly but yeah this movie is crazy I mean like you said very of its time it's very slow like dialogue heavy there's a lot of talking there's a lot Mm -hmm. of slow parts there's a lot of staring and there's a lot of like empty corridors and there's a lot of like camera shots like into like the nothingness it's very slow but obviously I am a huge fan of that kind of like flow in a movie it completely like it allows me to become a part of the film it allows me to become immersed in a very deep way so I've always really vibed with that that's so fucking funny that you've not seen it stormy 
I'm glad you liked it at least. Yeah. I was a little worried, um, especially the first time we see the bottom of the ship where there's literal, literal Christmas lights on the bottom. <laughs> and they're not even a, in a straight line. <laughs> it stresses me the fuck out. <laughs> but I, it's good. I'm vibing. I'm definitely going to rewatch. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, watching this movie always immediately makes me want to watch Aliens. Like, I cannot watch this movie without, like, wanting to watch Aliens. Because they just go hand in hand so perfectly well together. And Ripley just even turns into, like, she turns into much more of a badass in Aliens, obviously. Right. Uh, but completely obsessed with her character within this movie anyways. I mean, is she your favorite person in the movie? Is it easy to just, like... Um. Or is she not? I'm shocked. Yeah, she's probably my favorite. Close, close second is Parker. Okay, yeah. Parker's very funny. Yeah, I vibe with him. I feel like... We'll get into that part later. Lambert or Lambert? Lambert, yeah. Can we agree that she's the worst character? So awful. You know what? In I hate her. So bad. Like, just... When you think of, like, being in a horrific situation... I mean, like, and I, and I understand. But, like, she's, she's just that person. You know, she's screaming. She's crying. She's being loud. She's, like, being uh too much and we didn't see it because you watch did you watch on hbo max oh it's on hbo max maybe it's not maybe they took it off but it was last time i checked i rented it from amazon okay so did i don't know if the i don't know if the rental is the director's cut i only recall watching the director's cut for some reason but on the version that was on hbo max it's not and so they don't have the scene where Lambert slaps Ripley, which has always made me so annoyed. Did you watch, did, was that in the one that you saw? Yeah. Okay, yes, which pisses me off. Like, girl, I get it, but no. Like, don't come and hit me after I'm, like, literally following protocol to make sure we stay alive. Right. So, yeah, I want to talk about that. Like, you, if you were in that situation, do you feel like you would act, act like Ripley? Like, do you feel like you would have tried to keep everybody locked out? Yeah, 100%. Would Same. You? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Like, I love you. I do. But, honey, if you got attacked by some type of alien, I'm, I'm not risking me and a bunch of other people. Not at all. Like, you're probably dead anyways. <laughs> like, it's a, hmm, I don't know. I'm sorry. Like, you know what you were getting into whenever you left? Like, <laughs> you knew there was a risk. If you didn't want to leave, then you should have said, fuck you, and I'm not leaving. Mm-hmm. And that's why, like, and that's why I love her so much. Like, First and foremost, we're like literally traveling across like the universe. Like we are going places that we haven't been before. You know, we're right. seeing things we haven't seen before. And it's not reason- like you broke quarantine. Like that's not that's not what we're facing right now. Girl. And like that's like these protocols are set in stone for a specific reason. So if something like this happens, we don't compromise, like you said, like the rest of the crew, but we also don't compromise us being able to like get home and report. The findings because like if this is happening and if you know we have to leave you out and you die then we at least get to then go home report it and like maybe have somebody who comes actually like prepared to handle the situation come and like find you maybe i mean it sucks that you're gonna die <laughs> sounds like vanessa hutchins at the very beginning of uh when covid first hit she's like well people are gonna die but mm. but like it's true like if you're like i feel like you should have known that there's a small risk that you're not coming home if you embarked on this adventure so, you know what? Like, pull up your britches and deal with it. Like, we're not here to fuck around. <laughs> <laughs> like, we, I mean, the thing is, I mean, obviously, as the movie progresses, like, we find out, like, their whole mission is to go get this. Well, not their mission, but 
Mm. <laughs> oh, I truly love the way that sounded. Branding. Can you imagine? Quick, quick diversion here. But can you imagine I did that and that led into our ad break for Truly? <gasps> Gorgeous. Honestly, mm. stunning. Listen, right. they have been working with a whole bunch of drag queens lately, so they obviously love the gays. <laughs> so Truly hit us up. Um, but yeah, so the movie itself, I mean, obviously the mission, at least what we discover later from Ash, their mission from the jump going up there was to get this alien being and bring it back home no matter right. what. That's what their initial goal was. But like nobody else knows that. Like, And so in that situation, yes, Ripley was correct in not allowing them to come in, even though Ash opens it anyways, or whoever opens it anyways. Um, So really quickly then, I mean, obviously with the movie itself, do you feel like it's aged well? Because I feel like it still looks really good yeah I actually had that in my notes like given the time like I can see that they tried to be futuristic but it's very timely like it looks like it was filmed in the 70s and like normally that's like a knock against something but and this is this is not like I feel very nostalgic for this time right in this movie if that makes sense well for me like the 70s is like a major like genre or it's like a major decade for horror in general um right. again i mean we kind of i kind of talked about this with re a little bit in our slasher talks episode as well but like the 70s to me is like just such a transformative year for horror like there were so many different things happening in the 70s like there was boundaries that were being pushed there was like new stories that were being told there was new direction and just new art pretty much with the way that they were or just the way that they were shooting and directing these films and Alien is another part of that, pretty much. Like, obviously, yes, there's been space movies before this movie. And obviously, yes, you know, there's been space, you know, or sci-fi horror premise films before this as well. But, like, Alien really kind of set the bar of, like, what to expect moving forward. I mean, kind of just jumping um, into even, like, the near future. I mean, there were so many other movies that immediately tried to, like, kind of piggyback off of it. I mean, even to this day, we still have movies that still kind of have like the flow and the feel of this first alien movie. Right. You know, just because, I mean, it was such a big thing. Like it completely set the pace for what we could expect moving forward pretty much with these types of films. And although, yes, like you said, (laughs) it looks like it was shot in the 70s, 100%, but it looks great. Obviously it looks like what they thought the future would look like (laughs) and you know but it literally just looks like somebody's house in the 70s (laughs) very that but you know they do a great job and it's still i think it looks great and i mean the set design is fantastic because i mean like the ship looks awesome mother like the room that they're in i think it looks really cool i mean it's like the most like bulky most insane looking computer but (laughs) so many lights yeah, so many lights. Nowadays, it would just be like this little chip that just like gets implanted into like your head or something, or like it just fucking zaps your brain and like goes into your brain and talks to you that way or something crazy. But this Scary. works, you know, this big ass cerebro looking machine looks great. I want to talk about the fact that like whenever they're in their um their hypersleep, they're literally wearing like boxer diapers. They are. Yeah. Those underwear are just something from my nightmares (laughs) i love i mean right from the jump obviously when the movie starts we do we get their like hyper chambers and i've always been obsessed with those hyper chambers i'm that type of person where like i think if i could like afford something like this in my home i would be all about it like full-on like freeze me like disney like (laughs) like i would love that i can't tell if they would be comfy as fuck or if i would be like claustrophobic i really can't tell and i wouldn't be able to tell until you close me in 
<laughs> I wonder, I wonder how it feels to like even be in hypersleep. I mean, initially, I guess it's like some type of like maybe induced coma, obviously, like you can be knocked out for ages and like not age. I also want to know like the technology behind that. Cause I mean, we see right. it obviously in the next movie because Ripley was, she's in hypersleep for like 50 plus years or whatever before she even comes back around. And it's just like, how does that work? Like they never, and it's okay that they don't explain it, but I've always been curious. I say always as if I've experienced this movie before, but in the always. past six hours, I've really been wondering about it. <laughs> I also like Lambert. Is it Lambert or Lambert? I always call her Lambert. I don't know if it is Lambert. I always okay. call her Lambert for whatever reason. Um, She's straight up smoking a cigarette inside of this pressurized ship. <laughs> Bitch, we have limited oxygen. What are you doing? <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay, listen. So we have CBD cigarettes and it, I mean, it looks just like a cigarette, but it's just CBD. But when I tell you, like, sometimes you still feel really cool when you're smoking. Not advocating for the use of cigarettes. I hate cigarettes, but I feel kind of like a bad bitch. But back in the 70s and 80s, like people were fucking smoking everywhere. In airplanes, right. they would have ashtrays in airplanes, in McDonald's. Like if you go to McDonald's, like there's pictures of like in McDonald's, like there would be ashtrays on the table, like back in those days. Nobody gave a fuck. We, we acted like it was so long ago, but I remember being in Pizza Hut and there literally being ashtrays and people smoking. You're right. And that was only like early 2000s. And playing pool. Oh, you Pizza Hut used to have a vibe. It right. used to have like a fucking bar vibe. Oh my God. You could read books, get free pizza. Where the fuck is that at? I would have so much free pizza. I mean, not right now because depression's a bitch, but you know. <laughs> but it's true. I was, girl, the AR reading. When they yes. <laughs> I need AR reading as an adult. Oh my God. Be fucking proud of my reading level. Why don't they, why is there not like an application that like is implemented with reading and like anytime you finish any type of like book, if you like log a certain amount of like reading, like they give you like coupons, you know, hey, go out. For to Barnes read. and Noble. For Barnes and fucking Noble. Or like, um. Or like Starbucks, you know, because people right. like to read. Right, I was trying to think of Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> like give us like some fucking discounts for these things. Like, I mean, but then that kind of brings us to another topic. And this is completely, we're switching from alien. <laughs> but then that kind of puts us into like this weird, you know, like this weird ongoing loop of consumerism. And, you know, the only reason you're going to read is be able to go get a, you know, a fucking venti at Starbucks at okay, a discount. but like, so say you get an extra, okay, so say like, you you log your hours right and you get a coupon but say you get more of a coupon if you bring your book back to barnes and noble and then the next person can buy it at a discounted price and it just you know what we could fix it it's we'll fix the economy slash her's got this slash her 2024 <laughs> i literally don't even know when the next election is but <laughs> slash her 2024 <laughs> i'll be your kamala let's go <laughs> ridiculous okay um so yeah so they wake up obviously from their like sleeper <laughs> or they're from their fucking hyper chamber and like right. immediately as soon as they wake up obviously the reason that they were awoken from their slumber was because they had received a, a distress signal which ripley like immediately like deciphers as being like a warning but right. like obviously if they've been awoken i can understand like just the need to go and check it out anyways but like ripley like she like that's some white people shit girl what are y'all doing? Go back to bed. Just go back to bed and just cruise for another, you know, I don't know, million light years. I don't know what their traveling distance is, but like, just go back to bed. Just sleep, sleep it off. So fun fact, 
So whenever they wake up, the navigator announces that the ship is just short of Zeta to Reticuli. And so that's a real double star, but it also goes back to our first episode of Alien April because in the 1960s, Barney and Betty Hill claimed to be abducted by two greys from Zeta to Reticuli. (gasps) Oh, what? Yeah, I was so excited when I heard that shit. I was like, (gasps) connections. My brain was building train tracks. Oh my God, that is so excited. So fucking cool. You know what? That's why this movie got an increased budget because it was going to be... Like the budget was not there, baby. But as like production started kind of going along as well, and like things started to come together, like the studio like kind of saw what Ridley was doing with this film, and they gave him an increased budget. And it makes fucking sense because if <laughs> for, for a small little reference it makes like that, <laughs> a small little reference is what triggered that. But like literally, I mean, there's just so much like effort that's put into this because even um, the details. Yes, the little details. Because even Ridley Scott said himself, like when he had first read the script, because obviously, uh, well, the film itself, of course, was written by Dan O'Bannon and Ridley, of course, was the one who directed it. But even he said, like when he first read the script, he immediately thought to himself, this is a fucking B movie. Like this is nothing more than a B movie. It's these people just in the ship getting picked off one by one by, you know, this alien creature. It's a B movie. But he took it and he, you know, the direction, the acting, and just what they put in, I mean, the special effects and just the score, everything that they put into this movie made it much more than that. Not that even if it was a B movie, it would still be fine, obviously, but like it became more than that because of the collective effort of not only the director, but the cast and the crew and everybody coming together to make this movie something beyond that, you know? Yeah. That's <laughs> a- <laughs> no, I really do feel, I don't know. Even how you were saying, even if it was a B movie, I feel like I would still fucking vibe with this. Yeah. Like the premise is so fucking fun. Like it again, and like it is, a, it's a traditional slasher premise. Like it's just them getting knocked off one by one. But it comes from the fear of what you cannot see. Cause the xenomorph is like barely in this movie. I mean, the xenomorph itself has like a combined total of like four minutes of screen time. It is not on this, it is not on this screen, baby. So it's just like what we perceive as being this creature in the dark is what's terrifying to us. But like we barely see it. But when we do see it, it looks really cool. So let's talk about Zaddy Xenomorph real quick. <laughs> okay, first and foremost. It looks like a dick. It looks like a dick. <laughs> the movie in itself, we'll get into that's a deep topic. So we'll get into that here in a bit. But let me tell you, all month, I have been saying it is so stupid for you to CGI any type of alien being. Mm-hmm. Every movie that we've seen thus far, the aliens have looked stupid. They've looked bad. Uh, Science alien, awful. Uh, Dark skies aliens, completely awful. The faculty, it looked cool. The big alien at the end looks really cool. I give them the benefit of the doubt there. But my God, do aliens look bad in movies? But what I've been saying, put them in a fucking suit. And you know what they did back in 1979, baby? They, I mean, obviously, technology <laughs> kind of forced their ha- play their hand there. But they put him in a fucking suit. This is a tall man walking around in the xenomorph costume and being the most terrifying thing I've ever seen. If you look up, like, behind-the-scenes pictures of just, like, obviously them on set. That is xenomorph fake. So terrifying. <laughs> so scary. And I'm proud of them. But, yeah, he looks like a dick. He does. His head looks like a dick. The most important question where would a xenomorph wear a hat? Would it be like <laughs> right? <laughs> would it be... <laughs> oh, I'm gonna make myself laugh. Would it be like right here? Where's here? <laughs> Bitch. 
Like, okay, the front of his head, like where his fucking face is, right? Okay, right. Okay, his face is here. Would he right above, like, where his eyebrows would be? Or would it be, like, way the fuck in the back? <laughs> at the back end of the head. Is that where he's wearing a hat? Um, my assumption would be, if he were to ever wear a hat, it would be probably <laughs> closer up to his mouth and the snout. My assumption would be, if he were to be wearing a hat, it'd probably, like, one of those hats that has, like, little like a fascinator what is the thing called like a like a uh, like a string like a, like a birthday party hat <laughs> so it's supported he's underneath wearing, his mouth he's wearing a pilgrim hat <laughs> i would feel like he would need some type of support because that head is big slimy and like a hat's not going to fit on there so he's gonna I have to like have it could fit has, on the back right a beanie? maybe huh but just right there but he's he like stands like a dog he's on all fours frequently so i feel like it's always gonna be tipping back and he's gonna drop it he needs like a a (laughs) drop it (laughs) (laughs) oh imagine it with one of those little like the striped colorful hats with the little pew pew on top (laughs) oh my god imagine (laughs) oh honestly a pet xenomorph if it was a baby (laughs) imagine all the little clothes i would put on it what would you name airs oh my god what would i name my xenomorph um i'm naming mine spanky spanky i feel like mine would be like an xavier (laughs) <laughs> okay okay love that <laughs> okay so if you were to ride a xenomorph like in the most pure sense the more the most jesus sense okay right like in a jurassic world sense right <laughs> would you be like can it carry you like a koala like on the back on its back would you could you do that would it stand up or would it stay on all fours and you write it? <laughs> I think it would be like, it would be like a horse situation. You know, you would just write it while it walks around on all fours. Oh, I was thinking of like a backpack situation. That'd be neat. Oh, that'd be kind of cute too, though. My right. assumption is they're strong. If they're carrying those big ass heads around with them everywhere. <laughs> the next strength. Yeah, I think they could carry me, I would hope. Not, right. I mean, but also like they're bugs. So I would still would have like the, the, the inevitable The exoskeleton. <laughs> I would have the fear that if I sat on it, it would just be crunched. Right. That's what I'm saying. So, like you break his exoskeleton and his acid blood comes out. And your ass is just burned. The ultimate douche. <laughs> your ass is gone, girl. <laughs> it's not burned. <laughs> it's yeah, it's gone. It, he really ate your ass. Oh, but um with, so with, I just thought mouth? about he has two of them. The little one, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> the um I just thought about them wearing you as a backpack. They'd probably like hit you with the back of your head. And yeah, it wouldn't be. I don't think it'd be comfortable riding him. Also, like he, <laughs> he's just so bony looking and like, yeah. I just don't think it'd be comfortable. Mm. But yeah, very phallic in shape. I mean, obviously the whole film itself is just like, if you're kind of looking at, I mean, typically filmmakers use sex as a way to make audiences uncomfortable. Like that's always been something that's been like very prominent in film and media for like the longest time, especially within a horror. It's always been something that's been kind of like fucking shoved down our throats. Like, you know, the trope obviously of like the virgin is the one who lives. And if you have sex, you're going to die. Sex has always been used as like a medium of fear for people. That's just always been something that, I mean, that's the world that we live in, unfortunately. So this film in itself is like, doing exactly that i mean the monster itself obviously looks like a dick and the film itself is like a play on uh, i mean everywhere like everywhere that you look there's just like imagery of penises and vaginas and the film itself is like even like a play into terms of 
I mean, you can look at it even like as a way to describe rape as well. Like, right. you know, this thing is just forcing itself on you, impregnating you, and then causing it to kind of erupt from your chest. Right. Uh, so the film itself is very heavy handed. I mean, uh, O'Bannon even himself has said in interviews, like he was intentionally making the alien, or at least when he was thinking of like the design, like he wanted it to be scary and he wanted to scare people with sex obviously with the story that he was telling which i mean obviously i mean i think it kind of just plays hand in hand with the film i mean him looking like a dick is kind of initially (laughs) is initially what the film was out you know set to do pretty much right it feels like that was their prerogative um that is the vehicle for a lot of different messages and as much as we like to make dick jokes it's deeper than that (laughs) oh yeah no definitely definitely again alien itself is one big like discussion and metaphor for sex pregnancy like i said rape i mean the movie itself again it's just like filled to the brim with phallic and vaginal imagery and you know there's gaping doorways there's uh you know some of the ships even look like penis like shape sometimes the jockey that they see when they go to the planet and see all the eggs also looks like i don't know everything just looks very phallic and that's initially the goal that they were i mean again O'Bannon himself said that he was aiming to scare the audience sexually with his story and with what was presented on screen. And I think it does it very well. Agreed. Very well spoken. But yeah, Alien obviously goes deeper uh, than just what we are. <laughs> like, you know, it goes deeper than right. face value the film does. Uh, but either way, it's still in itself an Alien movie. So when they finally go to uh, the planet and, you know, a couple of them get off the ship and they go and see all the eggs, I will say that the fucking face huggers, the chest bursters, they are so fucking scary to me. I think they are at times a lot more terrifying than the actual xenomorph. Yeah. It just, I mean, I love the egg and I've always loved the design of the egg when it opens up and like, it just like, it just moves around. It's in there. very, so whenever it opens up, it's very Venus flytrap. But whenever you look down inside of it, I, my first was, my first thought was like, that's a frog. Oh, okay. Like, that's what I pictured was like a slimy, like frog. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I know that's so fucking lame and like, they're so much cooler than that. But that was what I thought about. I love it. I love the design of that little thing. And apparently they were going to make it green. Like they were going to paint it green. But like when they had like, when they were designing it and they had it there before it was painted and it was just like, it's little beigey flesh tone color that it is. They just left it at that. They thought it looked a lot more creepy. They looked, you know, it looked a little bit more uh natural i guess than just being like right. a sloppy green color which i'm very happy with that uh that directive choice because i think it looks fantastic the way it is i couldn't picture that little thing green i think it would make it a lot more cartoonish lame yeah, yeah well and then there's like over a hundred of those fucking things just for that scene so many of those eggs are in there that is so scary ridiculous just so many of those little babies so many of those little babies just sitting there waiting uh but one of them gets on to it's kane right i think it's kane is who they latch on to and that thing fucking burrows through the goddamn like helmet helmet yes oh my god that is too much they literally have to like laser the helmet apart ridiculous after ripley fights with them and they finally get in there fucking get in the ship anyways because ash needs his little his little project and then they decide, so they try and cut it and the the acid goes through like the floors because their blood is acidic because that's wild. Which, I mean, I feel like that's a good like little tidbit because my thought initially was like, why don't you just shoot it? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I feel like it would be so easy to get rid of it. 
And so that's probably something they had to add in. You're right. Because that's literally what they did. Like literally, who was it? I think it was Ridley Scott who was saying like, when they were like planning the movie out, like their main question is like, why don't they just like fucking shoot the one alien that's in the ship? And that was their way of kind of going around that was making its blood acid. So like if they shoot it, then obviously it's going to just fucking leak to the ship and they're all going to die once the fucking, you know, the vacuum of space breaks. <laughs> it's right. going to sex them all out. So that was their way around that. Like it's much more difficult to kill this thing because if we kill it, then the acid's going to go everywhere and we're going to be fucked. All right. So then we, we find this out. They go in and investigate. And then Ash is like, let's stick it in this fucking MRI machine that we magically have on this ship. And I'm like, in my head, I was like, so we have this random fucking thing that we don't know what it is. And then you're going to add fucking like radiation to it like have you have you never seen incredible hulk have you never like it's not a good fucking idea to add radiation to something that's like already fucking wild and we know nothing about but he is just dumb in general well i mean ash is a computer so (laughs) (laughs) he's just functioning as best as he can you know in a world filled with humans he's a computer and he's trying his best just a computer girl in a human world. <laughs> My life as a teenage robot. He's doing what he can. I don't feel bad for him at all because he's completely awful. A fucking asshole. He's a computer, but still manages to be a fucking asshole. Still acts to act like a full-fledged man. Man. Uh, even as a fucking uh, AI machine, he is still just mansplaining everything. And he's just so annoying. Literally as he's dying, he's being a fucking asshole. And I was like... Bitch, let me tear out your batteries. You know what's one thing that I do love about this movie? Although the film itself is like very, again, like we kind of touched on it. Like it's all very, a metaphor for sex. Um, But what I do love is like none of these people, because apparently in the script, there was going to be like a sex scene, I think, between Ripley and Dallas. And they removed it. Um, uh, But Tom Skerritt, who plays Dallas, he had gone to Ridley Scott and was like, you know, hey, I feel like this doesn't like really help the story in any way. Um... And I'm very happy that they did remove that because I think it would just be very detrimental to Ripley's character as a whole if she was like tied down to Dallas. And obviously like they can like hint at like some type of like tension or like chemistry between them anyways. But I am completely like just enamored that they decided to take that out because that would have been the most annoying thing in the world to me, to be honest. Right. Uh, Let's kind of get into, I think probably one of like the most memorable infamous scenes and like, probably cinema history so obviously once the chestburster dies off and kane is seemingly doing well they all go and eat they're having a great time and then we get again the infamous moment where the actual chestburster bursts through the chest uh, it has laid its egg within kane and it's crazy it is such a crazy scene um i think it was like a rumor like a long time that they like the actors didn't know that it was going to burst yeah. out of this chest like that i think there's only like one person that actually knew that what was going to happen right well in researching apparently like they knew it was going to happen because when you look at uh veronica cartwright who plays lambert like they cut to her obviously her scream and that's always been things like she didn't know what was going to happen kind of thing but yeah. the thing is they didn't she didn't know how much blood was going to be used and that's why she kind of freaked out it's because when that thing fucking burst and blood actually hits her that's what she was kind of reacting to but it's such a visceral moment it's such a scary moment because i have anxiety constantly when my chest hurts girl like it's happening (laughs) my egg is done incubating (laughs) my time is up it's over um i knew i mean obviously you can't escape spoilers to this movie you can't 
escape references to this movie in this day and time, especially with like how iconic this is. So I knew this was going to happen, but it's still the jump scare still got me. And I think that really speaks for the film itself. Wow. I love that. That's <laughs> I love that you that it scared you. I also just thinking about whenever did they did the x-ray of like the face hugger. Mm hmm. That it's literally just a dick down his throat, just depositing eggs, yep. just depositing sperm. It's true. Kane's, you know, you know, in that goblin xenomorph. Anyways, I just, I don't know why I brought that up. But it's true. I mean, it still goes into the whole discussion <laughs> right, of this right, film right, right, being right. like a big metaphor for rape yeah. initially. That just clicked for me. Right. For, I mean, for a lot of people, that's like, well, obviously how they interpret the film. Because I mean, mm -hmm. You can go at, at it bare bones and just like look at it. It's an alien. It's a monster right. movie. But obviously, if you look deeper into it, I mean, the imagery is very apparent in this movie. Who do you feel like you would be in this situation? Do you feel like you're Ripley? <laughs> <laughs> um, in this situation, I definitely feel like I would be a Ripley. I think I'd be pretty determined to keep everybody safe as best as I can. Mm -hmm. It's hard for me not to like to not give into the stereotype of like being a Pisces and be like, oh yeah, I'd be Lambert because she's just like freaking out and like doesn't know what to do and is just crying constantly. But now I think I'd be pretty set in my ways of like knowing what needs to be done especially because yeah. I mean the ship is so contained as it is and I don't know I think I would be who would you be Parker oh yeah definitely he's the everyman he wants he legitimately says I want to go home and party <laughs> he does not give a fuck about any distress call and he's like you know what this is a what did he say this is like a cargo ship. This isn't a res rescue ship. And then they talk about like how they're going to go rescue. And he's like, okay, well, where's my money then? Yeah. <laughs> like does not miss a beat. Me. <laughs> he's true. He is. He's the everyman. You know, he is just like, I don't even know what his position is within the ship. Like probably like repair man or something along those lines. But he's like a crew member. Like he's not, you know, like high ranking, like the rest of them. So he is, he's very about his money and I don't blame him because also if I was awoken from my hypersleep and they're like we're gonna go follow this distress signal uh I'd be like no and if we we're going to do it then yes pay me right there's I'm not doing this for free this is not what I signed up for girl oh so when the chest pressure does come out though I always fucking laugh at that little thing little xenomorph just like scurrying across the table right I literally said the way that just like swam away he's like <laughs> Like just a little fast worm just shooting across. Just here I go, like about to go do my thing. But it's crazy how fast this thing grows. Right. I want to know their incubation time is literally what a couple hours, and yeah. he's full a full-grown worm, and then like a couple more hours, and he's full-grown xenomorph. Yeah, it's insane. But also, if you think about it, like. Does, does time have something to do with it? Like we're in space. So like the mm. idea of time is different in space than it is down here. So I don't know if that has anything to do with it or if they just incubate really fast like vampires. <laughs> I think they do because I mean, that thing is shedding its skin so quickly. And that's also really fucking gross that it's like a cicada. Yes. And just leaves. Scene. Just leaves its, leaves its dead skin just hanging out. I just grossed myself out. <laughs> <laughs> also, I've always wondered, and see, this is why I love older films, because everything is just so practical. Because uh, like when they're even like doing the autopsy of the actual 
uh, face hugger when Ash is like heading into it. It's like Every- fish. Yeah, everything looks so real because it's like actual like organs and whatnot. It's like yeah. shellfish and oysters and shit like that, like sheep kidneys and whatnot. Like they were using real ass shit. Imagine that smell under like those production lights. Mm-mm. No, ma'am. Mm-mm. disgusting but yeah i just love the practicality of everything in this movie it, it's just right. amazing oh okay so kind of getting into the discussion of like the twists and the turns in this movie or just ripley herself becoming the heroine in this movie and i mean again it kind of plays into the premise obviously with slasher films in general and horror films in general that you know she's the final girl you're going to look at her as being the final girl but I really love that, like, her character altogether just feels more heroic, I guess, than what they typically present to us as the final girl in the film. Because um, even in Men, Women, and Chainsaws, uh, like, she discusses how, like, typically with final girls, like, they, or they're able to defeat the killer typically by sheer luck. Like, they typically, like, they'll fight back to the best of their ability, but typically something will happen or somebody might come in or something like that is what allows them to be able to, you know, conquer the killer. But Ripley, I mean, and it's not always the case. There's a plenty of final girls that, you know, are very proactive. Nancy in A Nightmare on Elm Street is very proactive. Like, she sets traps to be able to defeat Freddy. Um, but Ripley is also in the vein of, like, full-on, like, action hero, especially kind of going to Aliens, which is, to me, still more action maybe than horror, because this first film is a very horror um, but even in this film, like she's proactive. She doesn't like take anybody's shit. She's not here by accident. She's the last person surviving because she's the smartest, you know? So she kind of just brings a different aura to her. She's, I mean, still, I guess, like in the vein of the horror tropes, she's the final girl of the film, but she just feels more than that, I guess. Cause they even like swerve us a bit. Cause I mean, obviously with Dallas and his character, you probably think he's going to go very far. And he's like one of the first crew members killed off. It was to me is like the fucking scariest scene. Every time that alien pops up in that duct, ice cream um but they do they swerve us and they kill them off and i love it me too um everything that i was expecting to happen other than like obviously references that i've seen in media um didn't happen like you said they swerve us a couple of times that you're just like oh and i feel like i feel like this is going to be rude to say but um i feel like 70s horror is a little bit predictable in nowadays like looking back i feel like it's a little bit more predictable i think (laughs) well see to kind of argue i i don't think so because again like with the 70s and like the horror i feel like they were very i feel like everything was a lot more i mean now i guess like you said like now kind of going back to it it was like the starting point for a lot of themes and things that we've seen kind of come to like nowadays like you know, like the hills of eyes and just like the gore and the grotesque that we get nowadays. Like it just, you go back to the seventies and it feels a lot more tame in some instances. So I guess, yes, kind of going back into it and looking at it, you know, from a modern lens, it might look predictable because we've- Yeah, that's what I mean. In yeah, lens. like 40, 50 years later, like, you know, these themes that they were doing back in the seventies have become pretty much like the staple for a lot of horror films. Obviously Halloween, Black Christmas were both within the seventies and have completely shaped, you know, what slasher films are. Alien was in the seventies and completely shaped obviously what fucking alien and sci-fi horror films could be moving forward. But yeah, looking back on it, (laughs) yeah, we've become so used to these themes already that, you know, watching it for the first time in 2021, it's probably gonna be like, girl, I know what's happening, but it's crazy that it still was able to like kind of swerve you a little bit, which is cool. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Uh, the first time I watched this movie, um, like with the like with a conscious mind, like beyond just like seeing stuff like flash on the screen as a kid, um, 
I saw like 12, I believe, like when I first watched it, like actually like sat down and like watched it, watched it. And when Dallas dies, I remember like being so fucking shocked. You know, you're just expected in a film like this to think, you know, the big man's going to make it to the end and he doesn't. And I love it. And kill him again, I say. Kill all men. Get rid of them. Except Adrian. (gasps) You're right. No, I love that. Thank you. But yeah, they kill him off. And then pretty much, of course, the crew just starts to die off one by one. Uh, Obviously, they're trying to just get the fuck off the ship as fast as they can. And they just get knocked off one by one. It's during all this as well that we also get Ash, obviously. Deteriorating into a... (laughs) Into a pack of... He he was fucking cum. Cum was coming out of everything. Cum and ramen noodles. That's what he's made of. (laughs) Girl. And when he's, like, beating the shit out of Ripley, I always, like, get so pissed off. I'm like, girl, you were so aggressive. you're a mad little robot. You're a mad little robot. Like, what do we got to do? What do we got to do to fix this? Like, I don't like, is your, I, do you need to be charged? Do I need to plug you in? Like, why are you so aggressive? Are you low on power? What, do you have a virus? <laughs> your virus protection's out of date? Wow. Yeah, ridiculous. I don't know what, like the, maybe again, maybe just kind of dive, like diving into the imagery of this movie. I don't know what like possessed them to want to make his like insides look like that it's like right. milk coming out of him it's gross crazy it is so disgusting and it makes me uncomfortable which it makes me uncomfortable again they want to make us uncomfortable with sex because it just looks so gross right and yet another reference yeah but him being an android is ridiculous um his little head on the table also looks really good for like a severed head in you know the 70s it looks really good uh, good um but yeah, so we get all that as well. Everybody starts to die off. I'm really sad when Parker dies because beyond Ripley, he's probably like my favorite person in this movie. Right. But he was unfortunately stuck with Lambert who just like fucking stands there and doesn't do anything. Does nothing. Girl. That's probably one of my most infuriating moments. Nothing. She just stands there and stares. Like scream, tell Parker to run or something. Like if you're going to be, di- if you're going to die, then at least try to help somebody else on your way out. <laughs> right. But she that doesn't part. do nothing. She doesn't do anything. She just stands there and it's just like, girl. And she pisses me off. And everybody starts to die. And we're just left with Ripley. <gasps> we forgot one of the most important characters in this movie, Jones, the cat. So adorable. <laughs> so he's like, I'm allergic to cats. But he is Jones so cute. Jones can die for all I care. No, he is so cute. And Ripley is like, yes. And she's, you know, risking her life for him at times. Except for when she's, like, walking in the hall and she, like, just leaves him there when the alien comes. And she just fucking drops his cage and just runs away. Right, she said, fuck that cat. You brought him across light years, but now you're going to drop him. Cool. <laughs> um. Oh, my God. I mean, we're already kind of talking about the themes of sex. Apparently, the slime that they use also, <laughs> like, to cause the alien was actually KOI jelly. They were lubing him up. Lubing this man up. Love that. I would love to lube up. I want to be the person assigned to lubing up the xenomorph. I want that to be my everyday. Oh my God, like a fluffer? Yes. You know what? Let me get in there. <laughs> Let me be the one to fluff this alien up, baby. Mm, right, right. I just be like, mm. <laughs> with this big, it on huge top. dickhead. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I love it. But yeah, kind of getting down to like the end of the movie. I mean, again, the movie itself is very simple in this premise. You know, not much happens, but at the same time, a lot is happening. But as we kind of come to the end, you know, like the last 20 minutes are just Ripley and like us following her around, you know, trying to get her out of here. Eventually she does get off the Nostromo and gets onto like the escape chip or like the escape thing pod thing that they have. 
and she's, you know, de-dressing. She's getting into her sexy little sleep outfit um, to go to bed. And the fucking alien is on this goddamn escape trip with her snoozing. This bitch is tired. He's like, I've killed five people. I'm exhausted. Like, I was, I was born today. <laughs> I was born today? It is my birthday, and I am so tired. And it's been really eventful. <laughs> but, like, she is so quick to just fucking dispose of this thing so quickly fucking yeets him like you said out into space uh <laughs> i mean do you oh, think no. that's her best whenever bet? i mentioned yeah that was definitely the best site that was her best uh there's no other choice you know what i mean right i mean he has acid blood right but when i was talking about yeeting him into space i was talking about their friends that got the face hooker because they just throw his body into space do not oh. care. <laughs> right? He I died was just like, and they... <laughs> yeah, they wrapped him up in whatever sheet they had left and were just like, Yeet. like, fuck you, get the fuck out of our ship. You know, that's a common thing, though, in, like, uh, sci-fi. Like, when somebody dies, like, they just dispose of their body into space like that. Like, that's always been, like, a very common thing. I'm pissed. T- at least take me home, you dumb bitch. You know what? Wait, maybe, maybe because, I mean, they all are, like, a lot of the times also, like, they're traveling light years. So the body itself might just be completely decayed. Oh, but I mean, just right. put him back in his like hyper sleep chamber and like let the body right, be preserved. Him. Right. I feel like that'd be better. Like if I, like if you were to come home, like say I'm his wife and you know, you guys are coming back and they're like, you know, well, we could have put him in the hyper chamber. We could have preserved his body. But instead I threw him into space. Yeah. Right now he's, you know, fucking orbiting Saturn. So I'm sorry. <laughs> You know what? Honestly, let me orbit, orbit. Let me orbit, Serbert. Let me orbit. <laughs> let me orbit Saturn instead of rotting in the ground on Earth. You know, honestly, what? to sounds... be honest, yeah. If I'm not gonna be cremated, then fucking shoot me into fucking space and let me be a part of Saturn's rings or Uranus you know <laughs> or Venus. Um, One of my favorite Gaga songs is Venus. So just send me the Venus. Imagine being an alien. You're chilling on your planet and a whole ass human frozen from flying around in space just (laughs) crash lands on your planet. You're like, what the fuck is this? But honestly, I mean, depending on what type of alien you are, I mean, that could be food for a couple weeks. Imagine. they Just just to frost them a little bit. Mm -hmm. We're probably a delicacy, right? No. You don't think so? You think we taste like shit? Our society, our world is plagued by McDonald's and Burger King and Wendy's and Taco Bell. Okay, but supposedly we taste like chicken, so. Okay, well, you know, I was a vegetarian at one point. <laughs> okay, I Your meat saying... still tastes like chicken. <laughs> I'm going with no, we're not a delicacy. We're awful people and I hate us and we don't taste good. I just know it. Okay, well, I want to be cocky and say we're a delicacy <laughs> okay you know what though yeah i guess you're right because you know we're not we're not something that they can have often and i feel like that alone is the definition of a delicacy <laughs> it's not every day that <laughs> we crash land on their planet listen if my ass tastes great then my you know the rest of me probably tastes just as good right on that note, you can find us on <laughs> Twitter and Instagram at the same handle. <laughs> but am I am I wrong? I don't. I've never eaten your ass, so I don't know. <laughs> but 
Okay, but are you not <laughs> Maybe. confident? Are you not confident in your your vagina? In my ass? Oh. Or your ass taste, right? I mean, I'm confident in all my tastes. So mm. Right. Mm. except for my tastes in men. <laughs> <laughs> so I say we're not a delicacy because I hate earth. But <laughs> Yeah, I guess. I guess we could probably taste pretty tasty. You know, if the outsides are tasting as good as the insides, I don't see, you know, why not? But I'm never going to, I'm not a cannibal. So I, will, I won't be able to, you know, prove that theory anytime soon. Unless aliens invade and tell us, you know, what we taste like. But like, blah, 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 blah. and that means <laughs> you're delicious. Come to my planet. Mm, very bad. Um, but yes, alien, it is. I mean, what more can you say? I mean, this movie has been like deconstructed and analyzed and there's been articles written on it and there's been other podcasts. There's fucking documentaries on this film. Like the knowledge and the discussion on this film is ever, it's just, it's ever changing and it's constantly going on and like, it's never going to end. I don't think it's a classic. I mean, it's shown in film school. (laughs) It's just a good movie and there's really not much else to say really beyond you know i want to be ellen ripley it's a vibe go watch it it's on possibly on hbo max if not it's on amazon if you haven't seen it go watch it if you have seen it go watch it again because i can't not say her name but she's fucking iconic and (laughs) sigourney weaver i know but i can't (laughs) say that it's like worcestershire sauce (laughs) um I, uh, she just made a cameo in actually I don't know if it was actually her voicing I have to check it out uh, but her character or not her character but Sigourney Weaver popped up in Solar Opposites was a, which is a Hulu original and it's about mm-hmm. aliens like this alien family and she pops up in the second season and I screamed I scream anytime I see Sigourney <laughs> I love her I screamed when she popped up in Cabin in the Woods I love her in You again alongside Jamie Lee Curtis and Betty White my other icons so you know I love her I've always loved her I will always love her and you know, she can beat my ass like a xenomorph any day of the week. Let's go ride some xenomorphs. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what? Again, yes, so many discussions on this film. Go look up like anything and everything else on this film. You know, we're a bunch of knuckleheads talking about, you know, whatever we want to talk about. But yeah, so thank you guys, of course, for joining us for Alien April, all about aliens, whatever the fuck we were trying to call it. Um, Get excited because next month is our fucking birthday. Yeah, it's our anniversary. We've been here for a year. We've been annoying you all for a year. Can you believe? Uh, no, it feels like an eternity and a second all at once. It, I, I really can't believe we've been here for a year. Our sweet baby. I know. I know. What? Like, wow. wow. Honestly, we have a lot of exciting things coming up. Maybe not for our birthday, but in the following months. <laughs> <laughs> um, Next one is, is not going to be great. That's so. <laughs> not what I meant. I was just saying our May is going to be. It's going to be May. Sorry, I just remembered that. Good, yes, our baby is a year old. I know, and I'm wow. Thank you, Stormy. Wow, we have raised this little baby for a year now. I know. We talked about it for three years, fostered it for a year, and here she is. You know what I'm excited to do? So with Twitter, you cannot put in your birthday unless you've been alive for a year, apparently. So I'm really excited to put like a birthday on Slasher. So every time it hits a year of us like having our first episode drop, we'll get little balloons on our Slasher. Oh, cute. So I'm very excited about that, to be honest. 
we don't have a cute uh, name for May just yet, but just know that it's our birthday. Know that we're iconic and know that you're stuck with us for probably another year at least. Yeah, honestly, you're going to see me become old. So get ready. <laughs> you're going to see me age. I'm not going anywhere anytime gonna soon. going to be geriatric. <laughs> <laughs> My skin is going to be so wrinkly that fucking Leatherface himself is not going to want it. So you guys better get ready for the ride of your life. Hmm. Mm. But with that, where can everybody find us, Stormy? <laughs> Uh, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at the same handle at slash underscore her underscore pod. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, and plenty of other places. Thank you again for tuning in for Alien April and hang on for Mad May. Who knows? Happy birthday, Slasher. <laughs> yeah. Just wish us a happy birthday. That's it. Right. Right. That part. Okay, well, thanks, everybody. Stay spooky. Stay spooky, guys. Bye. Bye.